Have you ever wondered, what is my spiritual gift? On this episode, we hope to equip you with the tools to understand what your spiritual gift is. Most people don't know that there are actually three different passages that talk about spiritual gifts, and they're all different. Only one of them is the supernatural gifts that most people think about. This changed the way that we think about ourselves, other people, and how we can all work together to accomplish the goals of the kingdom. We hope it does the same for you. As we were praying and thinking through this before the show, one of the biggest things for me was um, a lot of people, and, and we'll talk about what all these words mean, but you're in a ministry surrounded by a whole bunch of prophets. And this is kind of how our denominations go or, or our churches is like they really cater to one of these spiritual gifts and all the prophets go to the same church because it's a prophetic, th- yeah. you know, and you show up and you're not a prophet. You're a, a leader or a mercy gift or whatever. And you're like, am I crazy? Yeah. Do I even walk with God? All these people are talking about, you know, all this other stuff that is not speaking to me. And you either feel misunderstood or discouraged or you feel like tugged outside of your comfort zone to be a kind of Christian that God did not make you to be. Mm. So one of the things that I hope happens at the end of this episode is people go like, God understands me. Maybe nobody else does, but that's okay. (laughs) God understands me and I can be the person God made me to be. Well, Well, first off, I don't think like just on the prophet example, I feel like that might sound weird to some people because I don't know if most believers go to church and be like, we're a church of prophets. Well, there are some. <laughs> <laughs> I Well, I know the gift of prophecy is really important. I yeah. believe in the gift of prophecy. Like I walk myself in the gift of prophecy. But to call yourself a prophet yeah. is a whole nother. It sounds like Islam or something. You know what I'm saying? Ooh. Like, Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, we'll get into it. And I think that but your point being that every gift has a unique purpose and place within the kingdom. But sometimes we clump and group and find ourselves in communities with people who primarily walk in a certain gifting. And that can make yeah. you your gifting not feel as valuable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that... Um, I think I feel like we're jumping way ahead, but um, well, then let's just jump into it, actually, instead (laughs) of jumping way ahead. Um, So what is my spiritual gift? It's a wonderful question, and I feel like a huge part of maturing as a Christian is figuring that out. What is my spiritual gift? What has God called me to be in his body? And what, unfortunately, most people don't recognize is that there are actually three different passages that talk mm. about different kinds of gifts that um, that God gives to people. Yeah. So we're going to um, start by digging into 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Okay, so um, anybody who's familiar with the layout of Scripture or any theologians may recognize when I talk about 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that that is the supernatural charismatic gifts list. Mm. Um, and you're right but that is only one of the gift lists in Scripture. And so we're actually going to read at the very beginning of the chapter. This is what it says. Um, So Paul says, 
Now concerning spiritual gifts, I don't want you to be ignorant. And then he says something very important that we're going to skip because it's <laughs> not pertinent to spiritual gifts. But uh, verse four, there are different kinds of gifts, mm. but the same spirit. And then he goes back again. There are different kinds of administrations, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of operations. I'm reading from the KJV. You may have something else. But the same God that works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man. And then he goes into the supernatural spirit charismatic gifts. So th- this is the outline for the three different kinds of gifts. So And, and each one comes from a different member of the Trinity. Isn't yeah. that really cool? Hmm. <laughs> yeah, the Spirit the Lord, which is Jesus, and then God, which usually in the New Testament, if there's if Jesus and God are in like the same passage or the same area, usually God refers to the Father and Jesus is referring, you know, the Lord is referring to Jesus. So the Spirit gives one kind of gift, Jesus gives another kind of gift, and God gives another kind of gift, or the Father gives another kind of gift. So we're going to dig into these words. So the first one... Um, which order do you want to go? You want to go spirit first, Lord first? Let's go in the order that it was uh, that it's listed. That's a good point. All right. <laughs> so diversities of gifts. Let me see. Are you what? Are you looking at it? What translation are you uh, looking at? Yeah, I'm looking at the screenshot you sent me. Okay. So every single translation that I can see says gifts, except for the NLT, which adds spiritual gifts. Um. So that word is charisma, where we get the word charismatic so that is a gift which means that it's a one-time one use god god gives it to you you're supernaturally empowered like a samson the spirit of the lord comes upon him he's supernaturally empowered but it's not on all the time it is a gift from the spirit that is a charismatic supernatural thing so the next one there are differences of administrations so this one um, is the word for deacon so it's service or ministry. Um, so if there is a, a gift given to me for a one period of time from the Spirit, that is a charismatic gift, this one would be like a, um, I know we did a whole episode on calling, but this would be your calling, the thing you do to serve the church. And that is a gift that Jesus gives to his church is all these different kinds of callings, the things that people do. And then the last one, um, that word operation, it's the Greek word where we get our English word energy. So at the risk of being, you know, kind of new agey, uh, <laughs> it, it would, but it would not be wrong to say there are different kinds of energies. Yeah. And they're all given by God. All right. So to, to break it down, there are gifts, services, and in this translation it says workings. Yeah. Energy. Um, so the, the, the root word is energy, but like working, I really like, um, I actually really like the um, KJV operation because cause what this one is, is like, well, it's just how I operate. Hmm. So I, I re- that's why I really like operations. So all of these fall into what a spiritual gift is. They are all spiritual gifts from each member of the Godhead. Mm. One is given to an individual, so the operation is like your personality. Now, I've had different experiences with personality tests. 
Some of them I really like. Yeah. Some of them I've found useful at different parts of my life. Your favorite one is Enneagram, right? It's <laughs> <laughs> a good joke. Yeah, it's hilarious. The thing, okay, but the thing about the Enneagram, the w- the reason why I'm not such a huge fan of it yeah. is because it is like tiptoeing into this spiritual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels a little, you know, yeah. new age. Yeah. I think it is new age, probably. <laughs> but um, this, so this one, the operation one, the operation yeah. gift list, actually is the closest thing that the Bible has to a personality test. Because it, it is like, hmm. it's how you operate. The, this list of gifts, it is a spiritual gift that God gave to you, and you can't explain it. It's spiritual in the sense that you're like, it's like, it's in my nature. You okay, know? before we get into the actual contents of each list, can you break down in the most simple terms yeah. what each list is all about and how they actually differ? Because it kind of feels all mushy and together totally. in my head right now, but I... I understand that one is like prophecy and like these these things we usually think about as spiritual gifts, but I don't quite understand the difference between service or energy or, or oh, these different yes. things that Paul is describing here. Can you break down what each category is and why they are particularly different or why maybe there's overlap? Like yeah. you can have one from one category and another from another and they yeah. can work together to accomplish a certain purpose. Yeah, and it can totally get confusing because like prophet shows up in all three and okay. teacher shows up in two and you're like, okay, they belong to two different lists. Are they the same? Are they different? Okay, so trying to do really simply, there's uh, three columns. One column is a list of gifts that, that this passage says comes from the Father. They are the operations or energies, depending on how comfortable that makes you feel. These ones would be like just who I am. Um, It is a spiritual gift from the Father, and this is what I was saying about being misunderstood. You just go, I don't know why, but I'm just always this way, and and the the other people I'm around in my ministry, they just don't think like me. Mm. That's because your operation gift is different from theirs. And so this is just who I am, the way I operate. It is spiritual in the sense that it's part of your nature in the spirit that God gave you, but we would think of them like as coming out through your personality, not necessarily supernatural, spiritual. That's your energy one. That's so the that, energy operation so one. The, is what you mean by energy like the thing that energizes you? Like if I'm yes, if I'm doing creative stuff, I'm energized, excited, innovation, thinking about ideas and problems. Like mm-hmm. I really love that. But if you know there could be another category where I'm not, I don't just get excited about it. I don't just like, okay, now I start just doing my thing. You know, some of those, uh, people who, and typically it seems to be like more, and I don't know if this is a blanket statement, but I've seen it in ministry a lot. Maybe it's just because we have more women, but it seems like women are really good at organizing people and like helping with that and figuring all that out. And, and that's a little bit more difficult for other kinds of people. Yeah. And so you sometimes see people just get into that position and then they just start doing it naturally. Yep. Is that what you mean? Exactly. Okay. So like, so both of those, um, um, exactly what you're saying. It's just the way I operate. When I enter a room and I see a mess, I immediately start serving. I just jump in and I start serving and it's just how I operate. Or it's the and that's thing, exciting. And it's the thing that energizes you. You're mm-hmm. like, if you make me sweep a floor, 
I feel like I'm going to, you know, like for me, basically, I'm going to spend that whole time <laughs> sweeping the floor, like thinking Think about, about something. Yeah, else, think, yeah, thinking about something else. And it's going to be a great time for me to be alone and have nobody bother but me. But some people are sweeping the floor and they're just like, wow, this is great. Yeah. Like, and then they're like, where else can I serve? What else can mm -hmm. I jump in and do? Like now hand me the mop, you know? So it's the thing that energizes you. I okay. use that opportunity to be energized by my teaching gift. You know what I mean? That's what that's what I'm thinking so about. So can you quickly like just kind of give some examples or list out what are in that yes. category? Okay. So um, this list you will find in Romans chapter twelve. Okay. Romans chapter twelve. Okay. So I'm gonna start in verse four. We have many members in one body, and all members are not the same. So we, being many, are one body in Christ. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of our faith, or ministry, that's a service, let us wait on our service or ministering. He that teaches on teaching, he that exhorts on exhortation, he that gives, let him do it with simplicity, he that rules with diligence, and he that shows mercy with cheerfulness. Okay, so run through yeah not not with all the other stuff but just the the list that uh, is appearing here um, prophets service teaching encouraging that's exhortation giving leadership that's the ruler and mercy i think often people would be like how is giving a gift oh it's a gift. well i mean it's kind of funny to ask it that way <laughs> yeah <laughs> giving gifts is a gift okay so well, let's just tackle that one first okay. as um, because that's the one that jumps out to you. Somebody who is a giver is always looking at needs. They've just got the financial brain. They're like, we can sell that. We can trade these stocks. I've got this asset and I can sell it and we can meet that need and I can go over here and then we can, I can purchase that for the church. We, we have in, in our church that we go to a guy who is a giver. And he is very secret about it. He never wants to be known, but I know who he is. <laughs> and, th and that's the whole deal is he'll like, he'll like see something that's broken or he'll see something that's wrong. And he'll just like slide up to the pastor and be like, write tens of thousand dollar check, fix that, take this money, fix that. And then you, and then I show up to church the next week and it's fixed. And you're like, whoa, that's so great. But nobody knows that it was the giver. And that's just his whole brain. Yeah, it's or some brain. people may not even notice. They're just like, oh, new thing. Totally, you know? <laughs> and you don't know where it comes from, but yeah. that's what the giver loves. The giver loves to, like, give in secret, you know what I mean, to know that their money is being put to good use. Now, here's the thing so about this guy. The question is, how do I know if I'm that kind of person? Like, is it just, like, when you describe it, does it just call out to you, a beam of light hits you, and it's like, I am a giver naturally, you know, or is it like something that you have to kind of search yourself or ask the Lord in prayer to yeah. show you? Like, I, I think that's going to be an off. That's a question I'm having throughout this is like, well, I, I like to do that, but I don't know if I'm, that's necessarily my gift. Yeah. You know, I think part of it is it energizes you hmm. that that thing really excites you and you want to put your energy into doing that because it, it's like, that is going to give me life if I spend my life doing that. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I'm I, pretty sure this is one of my gifts. Because I'm like, yeah, I, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, I really like to do that. 
Okay, so here's here's another piece of it that is a really key for the giver. When you talk to a giver, a lot of times they're going to be talking about their business. They're going to be talking about growth. They're going to be talking about like multiplication, expansion, and, and it's like business, 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 business. And if you are not a giver, you may misunderstand them and thinking that they're worldly and obsessed with their business, but they're um. not. They are thinking about kingdom assets. Like they see all of their assets as kingdom assets. And so to focus and pour their energy into growing a business is not, is not for them unspiritual. That is their spiritual asset. That <coughs> is their thing they can give to the kingdom. Wow. Which I think is you. For real? At least in part, for sure. Maybe a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> can you be, okay, that's the question. Like, if someone's watching this right now, can you have multiple spiritual gifts? I think so. Like, in, in what, I feel like sometimes we try to put ourselves, like, we read these passages, maybe not how they were meant to be read, where we're like, Give me a box. Like, we go to the Bible <laughs> totally. to give us a box about how we can understand the world. And God's like, dude, I just gave you these so that you could understand what yeah. some aspects are, but you can't fit yourself just into one. Like, I'm going to, I'm molding you together and yes. giving you multiple gifts and multiple types of personalities because if not, there's not individual uniqueness yeah for each single person yeah so here's the exciting part about especially the romans 12 list is that every single one of these gifts that are the thing that energizes me you can find somewhere else in the new testament where the new testament is going to ask every single believer to practice all of these things if you are not naturally the mercy gift that mercy energizes you well the bible is still saying you can't say, well, I'm not a mercy guy. I, I'm not going to mm -hmm. do that. The Bible teaches all Christians to be merciful. So so what you're saying is that the hope with the spiritual gifts in the Bible is to collect the infinity gauntlet. Yeah. You have to grow in them all, but you also need someone else to teach you. You go, I want to be all of them because that's what Jesus is, but I can't be all of them, so I need you to help me. And teach me and shore up where I'm weak and I don't push you out because you're not like me I actually draw you closer because mm -hmm. you're not like me and so do you think the Lord has purposes in how he puts different people with different giftings around each other to oh, kind of yeah. grind each other's gears <laughs> a little bit yeah and for the hope that you'll respond in humility and be like hey actually I think I'm missing something. Yeah. You know, and there's growth that happens. Sometimes, though, that doesn't end up that way. Sometimes it people don't respond in humility and end up, you know, getting pushed into. I have, there are people in my life, in our ministry, that um, they're very mercy gift and very serving gift. And that is like the dead last on my list serving and mercy just being real like that's and that's the whole thing is like i want to grow i want to be better at those you things you shouldn't say that <laughs> like like i mean you should say it but i'm saying like if you wanted to be popular within the <laughs> like so, you're supposed to be servant and merciful and stuff like that yeah so for you to but it, it's kind of funny because that's also seems humble to like recognize that i just know yeah. i just know yeah, yeah. that that is who i am that's yeah. just me and, but there's other people that I get around that like the Lord in his graciousness has put in 
the body of Christ that is around me, and when they talk about stuff, they talk about what they care about, I'm like, like they start to cry, and they want to talk about shepherding and caring for people and the hurting and the lost, and I'm like, you know? <laughs> and there is a conscious switch in my brain that goes like, this is not dumb. This is important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, but I, I intentionally have to humble myself and be like, "This is important. This is important." Michael, be quiet. Well, it might this be is important. It might be that you're just not comfortable with crying. I'm super not comfortable with crying. <laughs> but that's the whole. But that's exactly the point. Is I, you know, yeah. We need those other gifts, and it is a it is a mark of humility and a healthy, humble church that can include all of those gifts and make a place for them to feel energized in that church. And this, I think, was what I was going to say earlier that fits here. Um, I was talking to a friend, and he said, you know the number one thing that changed the church was the car. Oh, yeah. The thing that transformed the American church was the car because it used to be that your neighbor, love your neighbor. Well, who's my neighbor? It's just going to be the person that shows up, and you don't have any say in who... You know what I mean? You get to live by, and they're going to be somebody radically different from you, and you got to put up with it and love them. Learn to love them. And when all of your neighbors go to church, you've got to figure out how to be together. But with the American car, you can pick the people that are like you, that want to worship like you, that have got the spiritual gift like you, that believe all the theology like you, and drive 30 minutes to go to the other church where all the people like you are. And and this muscle is weak in the church. You you, You want to know what made that even worse? Go ahead. The internet. Oh, yeah. The internet's a virtual car that can take you anywhere. You We're can about be to go through a whole want. new wave where, and with the adv- advent of the internet, I don't even have to be around the other people like me. I can just have a one-on-one parasocial relationship with the super famous pastor where I'm watching teaching videos all the time from these guys, and I'm, ac- I'm never actually learning from a person. Yeah. Dangerous. There is something valuable about that, though, because, like, I mean, people are listening to us right now. That's true. Online. And then, uh, and there is something cool about how you can now have access to the best teachers all around the world. Yeah. Like, I know the Bible Project has ministered to us a lot. Mm -hmm. And it's cool that they've combined, like, strong theology and, and Bible scholarship with animation to give people access and to help break it down in a way that quite a bit that's why they're successful is because so many people can understand with the visual components and how they teach it uh the value of understanding the scripture more um so there's like gives and takes to it but what you're saying is true of like it also allows for the freedom of being able to just move from place to place or teacher to teacher yeah. and not have to deal with disagreement or work through that the thing with people with other giftings will help you work through. I think all of these things that God has given to us can be a blessing if you're also committed to the body, which requires humility, requires forgiveness, requires real effort to be, to participate, and to let go of grudges and to play my part um all of these other things can be a blessing if you've got that if you don't want to be a part of the body everything is going to be a curse Mm -hmm. like everything is going to work against you to take you further and further and further away from the body but if i'm a teacher 
and I have access to the best information and the best te- teachers, you know what I mean? Okay, I am the teaching gift. Yeah. Like, that's me. And 90% of the stuff that I say is because I learned it from somebody else because I have access to this technology that I can learn and learn and learn and learn constantly. Yeah. But applying that within a real body that can appreciate Mm. the gift that God gave to me and me operating in a body that can appreciate the gifts that God gave to other people. That's when it really becomes valuable. That's when it shines. Yeah. That's when this thing, this, you know, the technology can become a blessing instead of a curse. So how do we determine what our gifts are and then, in a practical sense, apply them to working together with people that have other gifts and identifying those gifts. Yeah. I I don't know. I think at a certain point, and, and, I, and I'm not saying this is like in your 20s. I'm saying like at 16, I knew I was a teacher. Yeah. You know, I think that that's part of the growing pains of the teen years is you're figuring out who you are and your parents think you're still a little offshoot of what they are and you're probably not and yeah. you, and there's that rub you know and so even parents understanding this for their kids you know like I'm trying to figure out what my four-year-old is and I'm just watching her grow and but I know that God has given her a gift that is different from my gift and there's mm. a lot of overlap she does love the the teaching learning type stuff yeah. but um I think really early on you have like these desires and you know what energizes you, especially as a teenager, you start to learn that. Um, I think, I, I think this is my experience with it is that it just clicks. Yeah. You hear it and you're like, especially with these ones, the energize operation one, it just clicks. And good, good parenting would be to help your kid learn what their God given calling is, what their God given gift is not, necessarily what you want it to be oh yeah or think it is but like help discover it with them Mm -hmm. and and direct them in in that discovery so getting back to this passage we went over the the, giver the giver Mm -hmm. so describe again why this is different than some of the other categories like yeah so we didn't get into prophecy in this and prophecy is also in the spiritual gift category, um, are these all meant to be separate things or are these just different ways that Paul is talking about spiritual gifts? So we didn't go into the other ones. No. Um, so the operation energizing, that's like my, in me, my spirit, the thing that I love. We would call it a natural gift, like a personality. The other one is... Um, the service, the the minister, the ministerings that are given by the Lord from yeah. First Corinthians chapter twelve, um, those are callings. Those are things that Jesus has given to His church, and that's very famously in Ephesians chapter four: apostles, prophets, um, evangelists, teacher, pastors, is that list, and those are things that you can be called to do. So now, now this is the fun part. I am a um, mercy gift in my nature, in my personality, who has been called by Jesus to be an evangelist. What do you, what is that going to look like? Mm. It's probably going to look like, um, the red cross, like these kinds of outreach, compassion things that like, I'm going to go be among hurting people 
who need to hear the gospel. And when I'm there, why am I doing that? Why am I doing that mercy, compassion mission is to evangelize, to teach them about the gospel, to bring the gospel to them. Um, I got a really good chance in Austin to go be around like a homelessness ministry, and that was it. They went, they served them a, a, a good I meal. I was there with you. You were there with me. <laughs> we served them a good meal and then presented the gospel, and that energizing thing of showing mercy and compassion to evangelize. Yeah. Your, that was so fun. Yeah. Your, um, so it's your energizing operation applied to a calling service ministry within the church body. And then the last one is the supernatural manifestation. That's what 1 Corinthians 12 says. The manifestation of the Spirit is like in a one-moment flash, you go, um, something's wrong here. I don't know what it is. And this can happen to anyone at any time. Um, And that would be the discernment of spirits. All of a sudden, you're just like, something's wrong. I don't know what's wrong, but something in this room is not right. And that is a one-time gift manifestation of the Spirit. Um giving you that spiritual gift. So yeah. all of them are spiritual because they come from God and they serve a spiritual function. Um, Should we call them divine gifts? Oh. More than spiritual gifts? Yeah, I think so. Especially because each one comes from the Godhead. Yeah. I guess spiritual is like from the Spirit. Like, they're all Which from Which is the that spirit. one gift that we label as supernatural. But these other two we call natural. Mm. I'm a pastor. I'm a teacher. I'm an evangelist. That's what I do. It's but they're all in thing. some sense supernatural. They are supernatural because it says that Jesus gave those things to his church to mm. equip the saints. So they are all supernatural. These are the ones that we think of spooky or special or supernatural, but they are all divine supernatural in that sense. Mm. So when I'm looking to determine what my gifts are, it's not necessarily too complicated Except the the spiritual manifestation could be a little bit more hard to identify, maybe. But the other two lists are are natural. <laughs> natural. They're parts of your personality. They're parts of how God made you. Well, the calling, maybe not. Okay. So the operation energizing one is the one that we would call a personality. Mm. Then the calling, ministering one. It's I'm like saying what calling. you're doing. Yeah, it's what Jesus has asked me to do. The role that I play in the church. It's an official title that a church might pay somebody for. Is to be, well, to be a prophet. Uh, that's that's a hairy one. But, you know, to be an evangelist. Like, I am I am a, an official role in the church as an evangelist. That's what God is asking me to do, is to be an evangelist. And I think that, you know, obviously those can also be things that I love to do that energize me, that I want to go evangelize. I want to do the pastoring and the teaching. Um, but the fun part is when God can mix and match them and make a mercy gift into an evangelist and turn a leader into a pastor yeah. and turn, you know, and and so now it's like you have infinite possibilities when you put all these different gifts with all these different callings with all these different manifestations you have the infinite variety that is the whole human race and all the things that god wants to do with them that's tight one of them that has popped up in every single list it's in every single list is prophet prophecy mm-hmm. that's a weird one for some people definitely i'm comfortable with it 
because I've experienced it done like someone prophesy over me I've seen true reality so is there modern day prophets or apostles and what does that and is apostleship more of the ministry and so if you're you would be a well but prophet is also the ministry too i guess that's what makes it confusing but yeah so we're gonna need to tackle them one by one is there modern day prophets is there what does that even mean okay so here's the question because it shows up in all three lists what do you mean because here's the spiritual gift that is my energizing personality and i can be a prophet-minded person and i think even john MacArthur who doesn't think that the supernatural prophecy happens today, is a prophet-minded person in the sense that you read the Old Testament prophecies and the way they hammer on moral issues. That is a prophet-minded person, somebody who cares about what God thinks above anything else. Um, We might say that their heads are in the clouds. Mm. Um, And the Old Testament says the, the prophet was the seer, like, um, I used to think that seer was just a word, but it's the seer, the one who sees. So it's a it's a divine um, perception. When I see things, I'm seeing them the way God sees them. I am in tune. You might also call it like a mystic. Like I am always thinking about God and the way that he is seeing the world. And a lot of times that turns into a, a moral, like it's the person who reminds you, we need to pray about this. And you're like, Oh, right. I was just gonna, you know what I mean? But it's the person whose, whose mind is seeing in the spiritual realm what's going on here. And a lot of times that takes like a moral, really strong moral backbone because you go, well, God cares about that's not right. Mm -hmm. And so what's ironic is that John MacArthur, who would be a, against the supernatural prophetic note, there's no prophets today is a prophet like minded person you know, who has that strong moral fiber and the thought about what God is doing and and where God is moving. So there may be a little bit more in common with these different camps of believers than they actually think. It's just... I think if you read the Bible on its own terms and you really dig into what it's trying to say, yeah, I have a lot of affinity with him because of because of that prophet, that thing that we share that is the prophet-like mind. So that's that's wild to say it's that even cessationist believers could operate in the spiritual gifts. Absolutely. Which is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that God always, you know, God always finds a way. Yeah. He's not, I don't think that he's going to be denied his chance to work through people who really love him, even if they don't want to, Talking tongues. Yeah. yeah, even if they don't want to talk in tongues, like, all right, you know, yeah. I, in, a, in a sense, I sympathize with that. But he's going to find a way to work. You know, I have some very dear friends who have told me that. They go, I never want to speak in tongues. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> but they are prophetic people mm. in the sense that they go, like, God, I know that God told me. And I'm like, yeah, for sure God told you that because I sure didn't tell you that. You know, they knew yeah, stuff yeah. about me that. I'm like, yeah, you sure did know that. And so God always finds a way to work, even if, and sometimes it's just, he just built it into you and you can't ever escape that you are a prophet. 
even if you don't think you heard a voice prophecy in the supernatural sense, you you are a prophet mm. and you will never ever escape mm. that God made you to be a prophet, even if you never move in the supernatural side of it. So this episode is kind of trying to answer the question of what is my spiritual gift? Yeah. So I've enjoyed this conversation and it's very thought provoking on like what different yeah. aspects, because there's so many, I feel like angles to look at this and think about this because of the way they're listed and they're presented and how oper- people can operate. Because I think naturally we want to be like, what is my one spiritual gift that I can like yeah. attach myself to? And now that's my identity. And I think even then God's not trying for that one thing to be your identity, you know, where you, it's like, I'm, I have a healing ministry and I can't serve anyone yeah. because I need to just lay hands on everybody and said, while you're sweeping, I'm going to come lay hands on you, you know, like, and I, I think that's maybe where we could go wrong with it. Yeah. But instead mm-hmm. seeing like, okay, God gave us tools in the scripture to kind of start to figure out and think about how we could be potentially Mm -hmm. and how we could fit all together. So, but the idea is not for it to reduce who you are, but to be an amplification of who you are in a way that you can focus your energy on like serving the kingdom purpose and working together with other people. And so ultimately your calling is what God calls you, which is expansive. But these yes. are descriptions of how you may operate within the kingdom. Yes. And so how do I figure out what combination of thing I am? And that may be confusing, not knowing that I can be called to be an evangelist and not have a gifting of speaking yeah. or have I'm actually have more of a gifting of serving. But then I putting in a position where I have to public speak in front of a lot of people. And that doesn't make sense to me because I'd rather be behind the scenes sweeping or running sound or fill in the blank, setting up chairs, whatever. But I'm now put in this position or in some people would say called to this particular vocation that is not, it doesn't feel like it's my gift. And then some gifts feel like they fit right into their vocation. But what are the purposes of why we sometimes don't align with our vocation as far as gifting? And then how can we determine how these all fit together? I know that's a big question, but it's something that I feel like we should try to begin to answer. So the the main thing that I'm going to try to tackle, the main thing that I heard you say is like the thing that, my church or my role within my church, the thing that I'm doing does not necessarily align with my operation, my yeah. gift, the person who I think I am. Is that? Yeah, yeah. Or it does. But like, how do we figure that out? Yeah. How do we figure it out? I think my own sense of myself, which happens really early on as a teenager, even sometimes preteen. Yeah. Um, the Holy Spirit. I have had instances where the Holy Spirit just told me, you are that. Mm. And it was something where I, oh, really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and discerning friends. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm married, so my wife, she'll be like, yeah, that's you. <laughs> you know? <laughs> or sometimes she'll sometimes be like, it's a little easier for someone to see from the outside. Yeah. 
you know, or you th- or you wish you were a teacher, or you think you're a teacher, but somebody's like, well, no, you're not. Yeah, I I think I've been there where I'm like, uh, like I read through the list. This is early on in uh, my like s- spiritual journey, and to to not sound too new age, but <clears throat> I think I was like looking through the list. I'm like, teacher would be a nice one. I want to be teacher. Yeah. You know? Well, and I think and I, so. This is part of where we started is I think that a lot of times we have these heroes and these people that are surrounding us and we really want to be just like them. And I'm surrounded by teachers and those are the guys that led me to the Lord. And But you grow up a little bit and you just realize, like, I'm not. Yeah. Like, I'm not them. I. But what, sometimes we don't know that at first. We're sometimes like, we don't I know re- that like, at first. I, I have faith that I'm a teacher. I want to be a teacher. Like, you, you, you hear it, you read it, you go, I want to be that. My, all my best friends are that. You know they're so cool. They led me to the Lord. I see all the stuff that they can do. But you like you grow up a little bit. You grow in the Lord, and you you hear from Him, and you love Him in your own way that is not just theirs. And you figure out, I'm just not that. It's cool. Yeah. I appreciate them. I love my friends, and that's one of the coolest things about like me doing discipleship is there's people I am a teacher through and through, and but I meet people and I you know they grow up in the Lord a little bit and then they go away. Yeah, and they do their own thing, and it is not teaching, and I and I love it. It's some, you know, at first it made me a little <laughs> sad. Like, man, I thought I discipled you. I thought. Yeah. Well, that's what some people are confused about. They think discipleship is turning people into little versions of you. No, but discipleship is helping them become who God called them to be. Exactly, and the best disciple makers see into you what God is making you to be. And call that out of you. Yeah. My job is not to turn you into me. My job is to help you hear from God what God is wanting you to be. I heard a quote recently, um, actually from my friend Michael. And he said, uh, my calling is to help people answer the phone. Oh, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> That's so clever. <laughs> yeah. That's really good. That's really good. That That is the best disciple maker is I recognize, and this took me like a couple years to not get bummed when people grew up in the Lord and did something different from what I did. Yeah. But but once, the, once it flipped around, I realized how much I loved it, that I knew at that moment when they were not doing what I taught them or what I modeled for them, I knew at that moment God is taking over, mm. that God is the one right now who's teaching them to be who they really are. And, and then I could celebrate. And say yeah. thank you, God, that you now are discipling them. Like my job is done. And I They've think answered that's the phone. A big deal with discipleship is trusting what the Scripture says that 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 the Holy Spirit is going to disciple people. Mm-hmm. That Jesus is praying for people at the right hand of the Father in heaven. That that there is things happening, regardless of our natural like ability to like layer like for lack of like for an analogy or a metaphor, lay our hands on people or, Mm -hmm. or teach them something and say, Hey, study this, study this, study this, study this, but know that there's actually, you're ultimately as a teacher, right? If teachings, you're gifting, or if you're called to discipleship as a vocation or ministry as a vocation is not to actually believe that you're the teacher, that you're calling out what the spirit's already teaching them Mm. and you're identifying what is the spirit what is god the holy spirit being a person 
trying to get across to this person and you're partnering with the spirit. Yeah. You're not kind of just like, well, I think it'd be good to teach them this this day. You know, it's like you're trying to partner with what God's trying to do in their life and be a physical representation of what God's already doing. Yeah. Or or maybe another way to say it would be whatever God is doing, you are going to that's just the way you operate. Whatever you see God is doing, you are going to attack it. I mean, attack is not the right <laughs> word, but you're you're going to you're going to um, edify and and exhort and rebuke and all the things that the Bible teaches you in discipleship to do through the means of your gift. Yeah. So somebody may I may see something in somebody and I may go, "Man, you know, they really need to hear. I think really God is trying to say this to them. What am I going to do? I'm probably going to take them to a Bible passage, teach them through the Bible passage and go. So now this is what I think God is trying to say to you. You know what I mean? Or a prophet may pray over them or a servant may serve them, you know, give them a, mm-hmm. a, a giver may give them a gift. And so all you're going to do discipleship through your gift but your job is not to impose that gift on somebody. Your job is to uplift whatever God is already doing in them. Mm. And I'm just going to do it through my gift. And I'm never going to escape that. I'm just going to embrace it. But n- but not to make the whole world teachers. Yeah. I'll do my thing and some and it's going to bless somebody as a part of the body in its own way. And somebody else has got to bless me. Yeah. You know. So should we run through just different gifts? Yeah, let's just and go down the list, and, and, and we'll start. We'll are. start with Romans twelve. Okay. So we did. We did a little bit of the prophet. Um, I like the word mystic, mm. the seer. Um, mm. I know. I think that it is the person that is in tune with thinking spiritually about the spiritual world, but that also includes this strong, moral, fiber element. Because when you think about God's word, not just in teaching in the scripture, but God's word, like what God is saying, there's, there's the prayer, there's the sensitivity to the spirit, but then there's also like part of God's word is the law, what he's saying, what he's like. And so that <coughs> mindset that is always there, that is trying to listen to what God is saying, either spiritually, supernaturally, mystically, you know, like, who would be an example of a prophet like that? For like modern a, day? Yeah, like a Todd White. You know what I mean? Uh, Maybe not. Chris Valentin? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, there you go. And any of those guys from, like, Bethel, that whole, like, I want to hear what God is saying mystically through the Spirit. I think there's also people that are saying, I want to hear what God is saying through the Bible. And, and those guys may seem at odds with each other, but that insistence on i want to know god's word i want to know yeah. what god is saying right now in this situation that is the prophetic mindset mm. that is that operation and if, and 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 one is not more important than the other no like, the person that wants to go study the word and have that mindset when study the word and the person that wants to walk in the power of the spirit and receive words from god directly both of those types of people are needed and both of those provide checks and balances to the other. And yeah. sometimes it's Man. like we're not as comfortable with the other one. What it is the, it is one of the greatest tragedies in the church that those people feel like they're at odds with each other. Yeah. Cause they're the people who need each other the most. 
the the spirit-minded guy, if he starts to scoff and laugh at the scripture-minded guy, he'll go crazy. And yeah. if the scripture-minded guy starts to laugh at the spirit, he'll dry up. He'll dry up. Yeah. They need each. What a great tragedy that those people. Which is why guys like um, um, David Pawson. Yeah. He like he he basically built a whole ministry off of marketing himself as the as the marriage of those two. Or even Mackie, Tim Mackie. He's kind of like that. He leans a little bit more towards Yeah, he's the definitely more of the scholar the type. Scholar, but he he's is open. kind of a spirit-filled charismatic in some sense. He he's he from what I've heard, he is he's open. He seems yeah. open to that kind of stuff. Yeah. And and I think that that is the healthiest place to be. Place to be. I know that there's always going to be a leaning you know, but um, the healthy place to be is to know that in my scripture study, God needs to speak. In my hearing from God, it needs to be rooted in something real that God has said in the past. And they both need each other. Yeah. So and I, th- I think maybe why the more practical, I guess you could say, or the more uh, scholarly uh, teaching or gifting has been kind of more amplified in the West is because of our natural materialistic upbringing where it's kind of like oh well you know i want to be a christian but i can't really believe that anything supernatural can happen it's like yeah but you believe that jesus rose from the dead you know (laughs) (laughs) like i'm not trying to talk mess but i think one of the reasons that a lot of people lean towards that and just can't be comfortable Mm -hmm. with the uh gifts of the spirit in in a supernatural sense is because of the way people have been brainwashed to think materialistically. Yeah. That's not biblical at all, you know, and that other cultures are way more comfortable with being like, yeah, there's spirits there, you know, there's things going on that we can't see. But to give a counter example, I have some friends who have done extensive ministry in Africa and it's like, you know, revival blowing up. You got these young guys who all of a sudden needed to take over a church because Mm. a whole bunch of people got saved and now we need a pastor. And, um, a huge ministry of these guys that I've talked to in Africa is is Bible school. Yeah. Because these guys, like uh, uh, some of the young guys, end up like loose cannons. Yeah. And it's all spirit, and it's not rooted in anything biblical. So send like training these young pastors in biblical knowledge. You know what I mean? And yeah. th- and there you go. There's the opposite. There's the opposite. You need both. Thing. Not you need one is both. not most more important than the other. So that that is what I would call the prophetic mindset. Mm-hmm. of of re- always being conscious of God's word. Like, we need to bring this back to God. What does God say about this? And there's the prayer, and there's the scripture, and there's the, the supernatural, like we often think of it, but it's all the prophetic mindset. Okay, the next we one. We should have just done the whole episode about prophecy, because that's like, it's such a big topic. We're trying to fit in all these topics I into know. one episode, and it's difficult. I know. <laughs> I don't think we're going to get to the supernatural gifts. <laughs> we're not going to get to anything. <laughs> Um, okay, but we can get to service. Yeah. Um, so that word, um, the deacons is, um, when, um, so service is the same thing as deacon. Yeah. Uh huh. Interesting. Yeah. Or it's where we get the word deacon. Well, it is the word deacon. (laughs) No, it's, (laughs) let me see. Deacon's a funny word. Kind of. Deacon. It sounds oh, like my Beacon. N- my nephew is named Deacon. I I think of like Beacon. Like yeah. they have like an antenna on their head. That's like <laughs> my nephew is Deacon. Anyway, diaconia. 
Mm. That's ministering, serving, deacon. So it's the same root. Um, those guys in Acts who, uh, remember the apostles say, we don't need to leave the word of God to wait tables. So they pick seven guys to take care of the practical administration. They are deacons. So that is so deacons and serving is the practical carrying out of anything that needs to be done. So this person is the person who like, um, this is the only, this is one of the biggest connections that I have with deacon people is the dishes. If I'm, if I walk past my sink and there's dishes in the sink, you must do. I can't, I can't, I can't walk by. Like <laughs> seriously, like when my life, when my wife leaves the home and, and I'm home all alone, you know what I'll do? They say, I like look over and I see the dishes and then I just start. And then I see the laundry and I just do that. And I spend the whole time that she's gone just like, <laughs> some I can't rest. I can't rest if there's dishes in the sink. Some wives uh, that are listening to this are like, Lord, please bless my <laughs> husband with this gift. Give him the gift <laughs> of service. So that's, it's the practical administration. It, so if the prophet people are all head in the clouds, mystic, what's the word of God say? These are the people that are like, yeah, but the toilets are dirty. And yeah. I, and I had a pastor, um, growing up who this was him to a T like, and he, and this is what he used to say. He goes, if the, um, if the message on Sunday morning is bad, people may come back, but if the toilets are dirty, you better believe they're never coming back. Yeah. And that's the servant is they're the person who is, who is thinking like, I need to clean the toilets. I need to sweep the floor. I need to practically make this a place that is welcoming for people. Or I need to practically get in the kitchen and cook because that's what people want, you know. I got to do the potluck. We got to feed people. We got to clean the thing. Yeah. We got to, and it's all those practical-minded people. And we've said this before. It takes one guy to stand up on the stage and give this super heavy message from God, but it may take dozens to clean the church and make it practically presentable. Yeah. This is this is the, you know, somebody's got to be on the soundboard running the soundboard that is a practical thing yeah. that has to be done and, and that person key, goes unseen the key to being fulfilled is getting comfortable in what your calling is and your gifting is it mm -hmm. and Un some people are stoked to yeah. go unseen and run the soundboard and that is the serving gift it sounds almost like mary and martha but like mm -hmm. the thing with martha was she lost sight of the lord in her service whereas mary like she paused it and she was like it's time to serve the lord and she was trying to change Mary's. Oh yeah, she gift. wanted Mary to stop. Yeah. yeah. Doing her thing. Um so that that's And nice. how often does that happen? Like sometimes those who are servants will have a temptation to get upset at people who that's not their gift. Yeah. They're like, You you ought to be doing you gotta be doing all this work that I'm doing. Yeah. Okay? You know, I'm not appreciated around here. I think that is one of the biggest hang ups for servant minded people. Yeah. Is you see the practical need and it's so obvious and important and practical and you know this place wouldn't run without me because somebody's got to clean these toilets somebody's got to cook this food somebody's got to wash those dishes and for practical minded people when that goes unappreciated for a long time for leadership people you have to appreciate those people but for servant minded people like that that ugliness while you're washing the dishes that's like you got to receive your appreciation from the Lord because yeah. you can't rely on just leadership or whoever yeah. to appreciate you for you to feel fulfilled in what your vocation or what your calling is because 
they will fail you. So it's like if you want to set yourself up for failure, rely on humans to fulfill and to acknowledge what you <laughs> number one way to be sure to <laughs> yeah, fail. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so the teacher. And it's always easy to, to talk about the one that that you are. Oh yeah. Um I my wife, there's like this Facebook quiz or something, and it was like if you look across the room and you look at your spouse and they're on their phone, what are they probably doing? Mm. And I know people where it's like, my dad, my dad is like checking sports scores. <laughs> Guarantee you, bro. <laughs> if I look across the room, he's on his phone, he's probably checking sports scores. He'll be like, he'll be like, so-and-so won this golf tournament. I'm like, dad, you don't even like golf. But he knows. He like, that's what it <laughs> um, But for me, it's like, I am reading something. Yeah. I am researching. I am learning. I am like, soaking 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 like if i'm at the gym i'm not listening to music like trying to hype me up like i'm listening to a podcast i am learning soaking soaking soaking. that's interesting i'm such a hybrid you know i'm such a like i don't even know what i am like because most of the time i feel like i'm just communicating with people yeah oh we'll get to that one yeah but anyway go ahead we'll get to that one sorry sorry guys (laughs) (laughs) we're off track here so the teacher the teacher is the person who wants information wants it clear and thinks that people ought to know and and i think that's the whole thing is when when this is your operation you go like this is so important why doesn't everyone see how important (laughs) what i do is (laughs) um and it is important the body needs you but the whole like if everybody was like you and every if everybody knew it was important you actually wouldn't be important you wouldn't have a church yeah and you wouldn't have a church and you wouldn't be important anymore because everybody's a teacher but you're important because nobody understands you. And <laughs> bro, that's a quote. You're important because no one understands you. Yeah, everybody who doesn't understand you needs you. Dang, bro, that's good. Yeah. That is so good. I think someone needed to hear that. Let it be, Laura. <laughs> yeah. So the teacher, that's the teacher. You love to learn, you love to soak in information, you're always reading, you always want to know. What's the context? What's that Greek word? What's that Hebrew word? Mm. I'm like, is this actually what it means? Like, yeah. I, and then you go down the rabbit trail of the, you know, um, like, where is a cross reference in the Bible? Does this yes. fit into the mosaic that the whole scriptural narrative is? Oh, yeah. And most people are like, well, how are you know? Anyway. <laughs> yeah. People love like, and this is me. This is my life as a teacher. People are like, oh, yeah, I watched this cool project you know, Bible project video and they listen to the five minute video version. And I'm like, yeah, I listened to the 20 hours of podcast. podcast yeah. <laughs> and, but it's like, I'm hungry. Like I want to know, I want to, I want to be taught all of that information. And that's the, and I think as a teacher, it's not necessarily that you just want to consume the information just to have it, but you want it. So you're ready to serve people with knowledge. Yeah. Like it's, it's, there's a, there's a, end to the means which is consuming the information and learning the the end is to be able to bless someone and help direct them towards truth yeah well on the same time there's i have just encountered enough times that that exact thing where i'm like i'm just interested in knowing all the different eschatological positions and researching like post-trib pre-trib mid-trib premillennial postmillennial all this stuff but why are you interested it's it's that's how i operate that's the that's the whole point of the operations you go like 
I don't know. I don't know why I see the practical needs. I just do, and I can't sleep unless it's done. Hmm. And for me, it's like, but on the other hand, I, I've done enough where I know that that's my place in the body because people go like, so what does the Bible say about the end times? And it's like, I don't know why, but I did the word study, and I'm ready for the... Yeah, that's that's wild to think about because I think for me there's always like a reason why I'm consuming a certain amount of information because I know it's going to be applied to a real world circumstance. That's the deal. That's why I'm the teacher. Hmm. I don't care. <laughs> I just want to know. <laughs> like I'm always watching like gear video because I'm hoping that I'm going to no. use this gear in this particular circumstance. And <laughs> I don't care. I just I just want to know. I'm just curious. I yeah. just want to created curious <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> um okay we're moving on the encourager the encourager always wants to uplift this is like your words of affirmation person this is you're always looking on the bright side you're positive you can't you can't let somebody be negative you just have to give it a spin bro i i was in this meeting once and this guy got in so much trouble he was getting like he was getting straight up rebuked in front of everybody and it was hard to watch yeah it was like laser beams like roasting this guy alive he was mm. so challenging to be there and and it was like it was done this guy you know he was like overcooked you know yeah and and this other guy was just like it's okay <laughs> seriously like it just had to make it better somehow and like yeah. take the and that's the encourager you just want to be around these people they give you faith they're like when you're down you know maybe it's not even true but you're like you know thanks for that man and yeah. this is the people that everybody likes because they're so awesome to be around on the other hand people like me the teacher um will often be upset because what these people do um may not be based in truth. They want to encourage, even if it's not the right time to encourage. So this is why so many people flame on Joel Osteen, because he is an encourager, and he encourages so well. But sometimes the encouragement can be without the meaty part. And so the teacher who's looking for the meat barks at the encourager, you know? But if you're barking all the time, nobody wants to be around you. That, so that's the whole point why we need each other is they're they're not enemies you need the encouragement you need the encourager you need the joel osteen message in your life where it's like i can make it god yeah, does yeah. have a plan for my life but you also need the, the teaching meat that tells you why i'm gonna make it and what what god's plan for my life actually is you know and those two people cannot be at odds with each other they need each other to make the whole body function yeah and where it goes wrong is when the more teaching focused person gets on YouTube and calls Talk, out Joel because yeah. <laughs> he's like, yeah, not giving out yeah. meat. Okay. We did the giver. The giver is the person who want like sees dollar signs and wants to fix problems with money. And that's not bad. That is just the way that they are. They're always thinking about assets. They're thinking about optimization. They're thinking about, um, I'm I'm thinking right now of my friend who is a giver through and through. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. he and that is his mind. He's like, We're spending too much here. We could do this with our asset. And I'm like, Why are you even but that's just where his brain always is, is like assets, utilization, optimization. You know what I mean? 
And, um, and these and people, people can feel like, oh, you, all you care about is money. Totally, but that's not it. Yeah. When this person is talking about administration, when they're talking about efficiency, when they're talking about business, in their mind they are thinking kingdom assets. Mm. I am not going to waste God's time. I am not going to waste God's money. This is God's money. And when they get lost in their giving, thinking, and talking, the sauce. Yeah, you, you like anybody who's not a giver hears a secular, harsh, business-like mindset who is not thinking spiritually, but for them that is thinking spiritually. Pre- mm. That is precisely thinking spiritually. All of the business-like efficiency optimization stuff is optimizing God's resources, and that's, that is the giver. In the same way, you can wield it, you know? And so I have seen givers on both sides who wield it in a bad way and who, you know, slide in and just write a $100,000 check and left, let their name go unnoticed, mm. but I know who they are, but you know what I mean? And it, so it, it can be used for both. The, yeah. That's the giver. Because the, the negative p- part of the, the giver would be if you weren't receiving the affirmation from the Lord and you weren't doing it to honor God, you can kind of try to start controlling people with your giving mm-hmm. and with this thing that was meant to be this gift to free people from chains and sh- and and finances or whatever yeah. problem there is that's holding them down from walking out their purpose, you can begin to form it into oh, yeah. shackles themselves. I had a friend who came to our church, and he he did not want to do a building campaign. This was when we were like a mobile church doing a country mm. club, and he was so against a building campaign. And but the whole thing was is that the church that he left. There, the front row parking spots all had people's names on them for who gave the most to the building fund. Oh, god! And he was like, no building fund, no capital project. Because um, he had seen giving go wrong. But, th- but that guy is an awesome, awesome, awesome giver because he does not want his name put on the gifts. He wants to give to mobilize and utilize God's resources. So these are cool people to have around. Yeah. Um, next one. Okay. Leaders. This, these are the people person. Now I know people who are leaders and, um, this is, this is this person who I'm thinking of who is a leader. They are on the phone constantly because the whole thing about a leader is if the giver mobilizes money, um, the leader mobilizes people. People. Yeah. You are always moving people, putting people in the right place, optimizing people, forming relationships, connecting relationships. Like this person who is the leader, like they know everybody. They know everybody's business. They know what's going on. They're always on the phone with people. They're always texting people. They're juggling all kinds of different things. Um, this person, um, like at the top of the institution, you may not need to know, like you've got the CFO who does the money and you've got, I come from an engineering background, so you may have the engineers who do the actual engineering, but the person on top is picking the right people to do the right jobs. They may not know. Yeah. You know what I mean? But what you're saying is this position as leader may not be, someone could have the leadership gifting, but not be the pastor 
or yeah. a pastor or even be in charge at their company or whatever, yeah. but they still have that gifting. Yeah. How would that even play out? Like what's the leadership gifting is an evangelist in vocation or the leadership giving is in a gifting is in an apostleship. How, how does where this person is manifest in different ways? What's really cool is that at the church we go to right now, I know of several different leadership motivated people who are not the pastor and they don't want to be, but the pastor knows those leadership people. And it's like, it's like that person where you go, I don't know who, I don't know who the right person for this job is, but I know who will know Mm. this person knows everybody and they know what everybody can do. And they know how to get a hold of the right person for you. So if you're the pastor actually in charge, you lean on leadership people by, like, that is the person who's going to mobilize your church for you. Yeah. And that person may not want to be the pastor or speak on a Sunday morning. The person I'm thinking of does not. They don't want to speak, but they do have all of those connections that are deep and really important. Mm. And so you lean on that person to... Um, utilize their connections and put people together and find the right people for the job and they can always point you to the right people even if they're not that person and that's so interesting yeah there's a whole motivation that is about finding somebody else for the job and that is the leader the leader always knows and this is the discipleship thing we were talking about the leader always knows how to find the right person you know what i mean yeah one of the you can do a startup company you know, one of two ways. You can either be a super genius and do it all on your own strength, or you can have a great idea and then find the right person to give that vision to. Mm. And like, this is what I want to do. I think that you would be so great at it. And here's some resources to make it happen. And then boom, you've got, you've got yourself a business because you knew the right person and put the vision to the person. Mm. And that's the leader. Take vision, take person, marry them or take vision, take people combine them, mm. make magic. Or see two people and the vision comes of how they could work together. Yeah. Yeah. That is the That's leader. matchmakers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. I have I think I think you're a leader. Mm. I have another very close friend who is definitely like that, a leader. And that's that's just how they work. They have vision, they see people, and they're they're always those people like like when I was in high school, there were guys that like, you, like, we're going to start a band. Yeah. And you should be in our band. And they're always like, you know what I mean? But that's, that's the, so me, bro. The people who are like, <laughs> I have the vision and now I just need to find the people. And, you know and I'm mean? always, every time I'm talking to someone, I'm like, man, I can help you do what, what you're called. To. Like, Dude, that's they're it. always like, oh, you're tr-, like, they'll tell me like, I'm trying to do this. Like, man, get my number. I want to help you. Yes. You know? <laughs> and you're like, I know I have you. And I know the vision and I have the giver who wants to give to something like that. And you can yeah. form the thing in an instant. Well, that's what's crazy because even when people are support raising and I may not have the funds directly, I'm like, hey, let's still meet together. You know, I don't know if I have the funds right now, but I know there's a way I can help you reach your goal. That's like the I, leader. But it's a faith. It's kind of like a faith, leadership faith where it's like, you almost need, I feel like with any of these giftings, you have to attach faith to it. Oh, yeah. Right? And if, if you attach faith to the gifting, then you have the confidence to walk into it 
and allow that gifting to manifest in your day-to-day life. So like for me with the leadership thing, it's like if I attach faith to leadership, I'm going to get this person's number that quite possibly I could do nothing to help them. But yeah. I'm going to believe that I can help them. Yeah. And 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 because I'm believing I can help them or believing that God's given me something to give even if I can't identify it right away, that's actually led to that thing actually happening. Yeah. To where I do help people get together in the in the end of it. That's the mindset of a leader. Yeah. That is the mindset of a leader. And I do not, I can't do that. I like don't. It's funny because. I've got my one trick. It's funny because when we're communicating, I've noticed that like we're, we're just like not on the same page because I do walk more in that gifting. Yeah. And you're more in the teaching gifting. And you're like, dude, I don't have any idea what you're saying about this YouTube thing. Like, yeah. please like explain to me how we get from point A to point B, because you're saying we can get to a hundred thousand subscribers and I have no idea why you're saying that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's, and that is my, we need each other. Yeah. And that, I think that's like, we keep coming back to this in different ways over and over again, but it's always like, um, I don't understand you, which means I need you. And mm. I don't understand you. Uh, you don't understand me, which means you need me. And we both have to get to this humble place where we go. The fact that you're different than me and that kind of frustrates me precisely means that I need to listen harder. Yeah, I don't need to prove you wrong or overpower my gift over yours. The fact that I'm frustrated by this disconnect means that I need to humble myself and listen harder mm. instead of try to dominate my gift over yours because you're not hearing me. You're not hearing me. Maybe I'm not hearing you. Yeah. That's a really good point. Yeah. That's a really good point. And the, because the whole point of learning what your spiritual gift is, is not so you can be like yeah. walking around. It's because it's so you can actually really, we, I think sometimes we ask what is mine because I think it's important for us to answer that. But sometimes we should just learn them and start to identify them so that we can see other people and learn how we fit together with them. But that's also me talking, which no, that, fits into that's that, exactly, that gifting. That's exactly what happened because I was sitting in a teaching where somebody was going over this, and that's exactly what happened. They were talking about the mercy gift, and I was like, oh, that's why I'm so frustrated with so-and-so. And, yeah. it, and it all like washed away. I was like, you know, my uncomfort with the differing personalities that we br- both bring to the table, that's not going to go away. But I can, yeah. like, want to understand you and have grace for you. And and that's not that together. something's wrong with them. Nope. You know. And I might have been tempted to think that, but just knowing all of these different gifts, knowing that that's out there and it's from the Lord, and, and humbling myself and saying... Yes, I am like what God gave me is from God, but what God gave you is from God. Mm-hmm. But knowing that is the humbling thing that's like, that's not wrong. That's right. I need to listen to that. Dude, that's good. I feel like we definitely uh, under or overestimated what we could get done <laughs> yeah. in this episode with these three categories. We maybe should have just started off, started with one them. at a time. I think the whole point is to, with this episode at least, is kind of like just an overview of that there's different categories of giftings Mm -hmm. and something that you may not think that is spiritual or a spiritual gift or a gift from God. 
most likely is a gift from God. And, yeah. and I can say with probably certainty it is like, but you may not have seen it as like a super spiritual or godly thing Yes, because you're around all these people who may be a little bit more on the charismatic side or whatever. And don't have necessarily the same giftings as you. But the, the whole idea is that to s- kind of separate them more and start to see them in these categories may help with being able to identify giftings in people and also help you understand yourself of how that these things are different and how you can have overlaps and you can have multiple gifts within a certain category and you ought to grow in all of them. Yep. I'm, I'm really glad if there was one list that we got to tackle that we tackled this one today because the charismatic ones, everybody, you know, you know that that's a spiritual gift. And then the calling service ones, especially the guys that are up front, you know, and have a big impact in shaping, influencing the church. Um, everyone recognizes those if you're a part of church. But these ones are the ones, and especially the ones like mercy and the ones like serving, where it's it's very backseat. And the, the exact nature of it is to take a backseat. But to recognize that is a gift from God. That is a part of the body that the body needs. Um, and people don't necessarily see them as spiritual or as gifts. That yeah. serving is a gift to yeah. the church. Your personality is a gift to the church. Well, and it's, and it's good for the leaders or the teachers or the pastors or the whatever to recognize that and then be able to exalt yeah. the people who do take the backseat because they're not going to do it themselves. And so it's up to the people that God has gifted with those positions of authority, with those positions of influence to help people understand that these gifts, even if it's subconscious by encouraging those who do walk in other types of giftings. Yep. Appreciating those people, gathering those people, recognizing the thing that our church needs right now is a servant and to honor the servant and to honor the encourager. Man, the thing that the thing that you need right now is an encourager and mm-hmm. I am not that. Let me let me let's meet together with my friend who's an encourager. You know, and just knowing the different parts that the body plays. You know, yeah. and and being okay with that and thriving in that. And that means honoring every part. I think that's the end of all of this is you get to honor every part. What we need this week is an encourager. What we need this week is the giver. What we need this week is the server and, and uplifting every part and appreciating it for, for God's purpose in the body. Yeah. Well, do you want to pray for us? And then I think basically if you're watching this, get subscribed, turn on notifications, whatever that is that you want to do comment what you want to see us talk about more maybe something from this episode that we didn't quite go over as in intensely as much but i think we might be releasing individual episodes or something over each gift eventually and so be on the lookout get subscribed because you're not going to want to miss uh when we dive into those deep things we're going to be moving more towards creating more episodes that are are shorter and that are more focused on specific categories along with our bigger episodes. So get subscribed um, so that you don't miss those. But um, do you want to pray for us? Thank you, Lord. 
Lord, we're so grateful for the fact that you understand us. You understand me. You know why you put me together. You know what I'm made for. And you have not lost sight of how important I am to your body. Lord, I pray that you would give us mercy and grace for our friends um, around us to understand them, to dwell with them in humility, and to learn from every part of your body that you've put in the church. Amen. Amen. If you like what you saw, again, like and subscribe. If you would like to give to um, this show and to Bailey and I, you can go on divinecreative.org or download the Divine Creative app where you will find this podcast. There's a giving link and even more stuff that Divine Creative is producing. Thank you guys very much. We'll see you later. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.